all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. As we shelter in place to hopefully decrease the number of um, corona COVID-19 cases, parents are working from home, taking care of their children, trying to be the social planner, the teacher, the one who reassures the family that everything's okay. So how in the world can you do three full-time jobs, parent, teacher, and your work job from home? Today, we have Dr. Courtney Walker back and Dr. Ruth Patterson uh, to help us navigate through this really difficult time. So I hope you'll share your stories with us today by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. All right. Well, good morning, Michelle. Um, we have just heard from the governor about what's been going on in our state and and um, the anxiety and difficulties that we're all having about what to do and how to do it, right? Yes, we did. And you and I were speaking yesterday. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, We were talking about the anxiety level and how it is increasing. And I must say for myself, I'm trying to stay at an even keel, especially for my teenage daughter. Um, But every day with the um, numbers going up all around the world and in our state, it is a little frightening, and I'm just going to be honest because, again, if we all pretend like we're not feeling this, pretend like it's not bothering us, then I don't think that's doing anyone any justice as well. Be honest about our feelings and how we're feeling and then ask questions, and maybe we can feel a little better. But um, today is not a good day for me. I can just say that. Uh, I'm sorry, Michelle, and I know that there are probably many of you out there who are, as I am, trying to deal with um, how to make all this work for you when you've been used to a particular schedule. Maybe your life was flowing along pretty well. Maybe you had that schedule in place that seemed to be working for you and your family. You may not even have children at home and are still struggling with all the big changes that are out there. So I think everybody's Uh, situation is unique. I think, interestingly, I have a friend in West Virginia who I was just checking on her to see how she was doing, and she texted back, well, I've been 
essentially social distancing and sheltering in place for the last two years. I have many tips on what you can do because she had lost her job. She had been um, doing some working from home and um, her life had changed significantly two years ago. And I remember her struggle back then. So if we if we fast forward now, um, this wasn't um, something that happened to us by our choice, by isolation. We have everybody around us in in situations with the shelter in place, the social distancing, the schools and child care centers are closed. Um, many of those entertainment um, places that we had for our kids are gone now. Um, but but I wanted to, <laughs> Michelle, I was just thinking as I was preparing for the show today about um, one, one big thing. Remember how we talked about The Last Child in the Woods, um, the writer who published the book um, called Last Child in the Woods, and it was about how we really needed to to sort of come back home, get back to nature, um, teach ourselves how <laughs> yes. to enjoy the simple things. Well, what's funny is that <laughs> well, here we are. Right. What's ironic is that in the last couple of months, everybody was talking about mindfulness and being in the moment, and that was floating around so heavy, and everybody was talking about spending more time with your children and, and <laughs> things like that. And it's like, lo and behold, Mother Nature said, "Okay, I hear you." So, again, just not having the time to prepare, going to work and having to balance your child's workload at home. So this is a lot of work for parents. And mind you, if you had a child that's younger than my child, how can you balance that? It feels overwhelming. Yeah, I know there was someone just trying to call in as we were talking, and I hope you'll um, give us a call back because we really do want to hear from our listeners about this very thing. Um, as you were talking, Michelle, I um, I know that there there are a lot of people out there who are struggling. You and I talked yesterday about about some of your struggles. The fact that there is a lot of work being given to some of our high school students, particularly as they're trying to complete the required curriculum for the end of the school year. Um, Certainly for senior students, hopefully many of them have gotten through most of the required, but for some of the undergraduates. And the fact that now at home, they're having to cover not just what they would typically have for homework, but now what they would have had in the class and then at home also. So how in the world do you manage all that? And I, I think I don't I don't completely have an answer for that. I think that um, perhaps our school leaders, I would love to hear from some of the teachers or uh, the principals and how are you managing that and how are you making sure, how can we make sure that as we try to keep up academically, have our children keep up academically, that that we are not adding further stress onto families that are already stressed in the home, already stressed because of many things. And I'm going to mention a few. 
um, the the stress of maybe not having a job right now. Or if you have a job, your work hours are much more limited than they used to be. The stress of if you still have that job, trying to work from home and finding some quiet time and some isolation time. So when you try to do a Zoom conference or a WebEx conference, you don't have 20 interruptions going on. I know Yesterday, we were doing um, a work conference, and three three of our our attendees on the conference were mothers with very young children, and the children were in their laps as they were trying to go through the conference. They were doing the best they could, and actually, it, it came off okay, but certainly, those kinds of where you're just juggling um, at least three balls in the air, how in the world are you going to make through it? Now, I'm not, I'm saying I have a few solutions and recommendations. We also have um, Dr. Ruth Patterson back, Dr. Courtney Walker back, who were with us last week as we talked through some of the issues. And um, we want to talk through them again. So please give us a call. Call in at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So we can kind of talk through um, some different things that you can do and ways that you can help your yourself, your families as you're as you're working through. What we're going to do is go to our first break. And when we come back, I want to remind everybody about what we mean by distancing. And um, then we'll talk about how maybe you can, you can get around some of these issues, not by not doing the proper dis- social distancing, but understanding what that means. So give us a call with your problems, your questions, your trials, your trips. At one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to family at mpbonline.org, and we will we will be right back. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, here with Dr. Courtney Walker, right now, psychologist at the Center for the Advancement of Youth. And later on, we'll have Dr. Ruth Patterson, who is a pediatrician, also at the Center for the Advancement of Youth. We're talking about um, dealing with the stressors at home, um, maintaining your own mental health and your sanity as you're trying to either work from home or shelter in place 
um, take care of others while you're still taking care of yourself, figuring how to be that, that teacher, that mentor, um, that everything to everybody and, and still um, know how to continue your own life and take care of yourself. So um, we want to hear from you. I want to hear um, what you are doing, how you are making this work for you, or if you're not, what kind of help you need. Well, Dr. Butchers, you okay. have a caller on the phone. We are going to start with William. <laughs> okay. Hi, William. Thanks for calling. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Uh, I was just going to comment yes. that, that on uh, Mississippi Edition this morning at 830 to 9, I heard a poignant segment that never had entered that I've heard anybody comment on, and that's the plight of autistic kids who are suddenly faced with this dramatic change and alteration of their routine, and I just wanted to draw it to your attention. I, I'm glad you're on this morning because I thought it's your, it's your, uh, it's your sort of topic to, uh, to, to think about, so I'll leave it there for right. you to set, contemplate. Thank you. Oh, William. Um, thank you for calling in. You are um, you've brought up a topic that that is obviously very near and dear to my heart: children with autism spectrum disorder. And we have Dr. Walker on also, who who also um, is an expert in the area of autism spectrum disorder. So um, let's talk about why that might even be a bigger problem for those individuals, um, adults and children with um, ASD um, or autism spectrum. Um, first of all, um, Dr. Walker, don't you think this is a great point for us to talk through right now? Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I agree with William that sometimes um, kids with different developmental abilities don't really get kind of the attention um, that they deserve during times like this, but they are absolutely affected by anything, you know, whether it's a natural disaster, um, the kind of, uh, I would call this a traumatic event that's going on right now, and they're absolutely affected, and um, uh, yeah, let's talk about some ways that we can support families who have either children or adults in their lives have uh, just different developmental abilities. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dr. Dr. Walker, you're cutting in and out just a little bit on from my side, so you might want to make sure you're in a good place. And um, one thing that I will mention while we're working on that is to um, make sure that that as um, you have a child with autism, not make sure. Let me just talk about why this may be more difficult. Um, so children with autism spectrum do very well with sameness, with having their schedules the same. In fact, one of the symptoms is sort of a resistance to change. So if you have a child who's been all snug in their, their schedule with when they, when they get up, when they go to school, when they come home, um, who does what for them, how they do things, uh, where they go. Uh, I've had many children who whose parents tell me they have to drive exactly the same way to school. That's how entrenched in the schedule they can be sometimes. They have to have exactly the same thing to eat. 
from the same place. And so now we have all these limitations on us as to where we can go, what time we can do it, and the like, that trying to um, help a child deal with the anxieties that are created when you have that change um, for children with autism um, uh, everything that we are feeling about the interference with our schedule, the interference with the inability to do the things that we want and are used to doing, um, that interference. Now, just think about children with autism. Their issues are probably quadrupled um, at least, which then will increase the stress of the family. And so, um, figuring out how uh, you can deal with that. So one of the one of the the ways of coping and helping yourself deal with this that almost every expert that I've talked to or read says the same thing. You've got to establish a schedule in your home. It will help. It will help immensely with children with autism and be very strictly scheduled with that as best you can. But also for for any child and, and frankly, any adult, it is terrible to now let your schedule fall apart. And Dr. Dr. Walker, I don't know if you have any further comments on the, the scheduling aspect and how important that is. But but yeah. I think to get up, get dressed, um, act like you you truly have a schedule, make one. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? So yeah, can it, can you hear me okay now? Much better, thank you. Okay, um, you know that's. And just add that to the list of frustrations that come with working from home is just technology and the asking the question, can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, I totally agree. Keeping with the schedule or making one. The other suggestion I have is if your child is um, kind of um, – enrolled in any kind of therapy, whether that be an ABA therapist or occupational therapy, speech therapy, rely on um, their therapist to help them, to help you come up with some kind of structure or plan home. So a lot of occupational therapists and ABA therapists will use things called visual schedules. And so parents with children of autism know what, know what those are. But if you need ideas for what to include in your visual schedule, um, contact the therapist. See if they can help you with an at-home homework plan, which I'm sure a lot of therapists actually are, are doing right now and preparing for their clients. You can also just search it on the Internet. Google visual example of visual schedule, and a lot of things will kind of pop up and give you ideas about how to create that nice um, schedule for a child with autism, but also, you know, um, emphasizing the visual part of that. Yes, it's, it's good to have a, a routine and a schedule, um, and you can tell that to a child, but particularly children with autism, but all children really, especially younger children, really benefit from having that visual reminder of what is about to happen throughout the day. And if you look at any classroom, any early childhood setting, you all these classrooms have that, but that's because kids love it and they crave it, and it just provides them a nice, simple reminder of what's about to come. So if they do start to experience that anxiety or uncertainty, they know where to look instead of coming to ask you what's about to happen next. 
so that's just another you know tip that I that I would throw in there. Yeah, and and like I said earlier, the visual schedule for any child, younger children, works well. Um, most children like to know what comes next, and especially in any kind of situation where there's some anxiety or some significant change, most children want to know what's coming next, and then you can you can point to the refrigerator or you can point to the bulletin board and say, look. This is what's coming next, and, and so you'll know. Um, I would also suggest that you not just have a visual schedule of what comes next, but sort of a time frame there. Um, one other thing that I want us to get to um, before our next break is to remind everybody that maintaining I heard one of our entertainers on television the other night say this remember maintaining physical distance from others doesn't mean that we have to socially distance now we're calling it social distancing but it's maintaining a physical distance and we know why we're maintaining that physical distance of six feet away from people is because um, as we talked about last week, when coronavirus or any virus is uh, the majority of uh, coronaviruses, colds all the way up to something as severe as this, they are transmitted via sputum, okay? When we talk, we spit a little bit. Everybody does that. And so we know that a lot of people, for a lot of people, it travels about three feet. At six feet, it doesn't travel that far unless you're really working hard to spit on somebody, right? So if you stand back six feet, you are at a safe distance um, the majority of the time. So no amount of hand washing will um, alleviate the need to stay distanced physically from an individual, okay? So... Um, that's why, but I think what we need to remember is, so, you can still socialize. We're lucky that we have FaceTime, WebEx, Zoom, Skype, text, talk on the phone. There are all these modalities where we can stay connected, and hopefully you're all doing that. The other thing is, if you think about it, how lucky we are in our state and our surrounding states that we have enough outdoor space in most cases that we can get outside and still be physically distant enough from people. Our weather is warm enough now that so we can get out and take a nature walk with our kids or our pets or just us to see the beauty around us and kind of experience some of those things maybe we haven't been lately. So, so that's another suggestion. Um, I've got a, a text from my daughter who lives in Nashville, and, you know, they're struggling pretty significantly in Nashville um, with coronavirus. Um, and she sent me a picture of um, her taking her children on a nature walk, and they had to find in nature all the colors of the rainbow. Now, simple, how precious and, and cute. They walked around, and they um, now some of their neighbors might not like this so much, but they had all the flowers of different colors in the rainbow, some wildflowers and leaves, and, 
and the like. So um, there you are, just a simple cost, absolutely nothing. Got out with the kids. It was about, she said it took about an hour and a half of just walking, wandering around, talking about things, pointing to things um, to gather what they need. And then they got back home and talked about it. Um, I thought uh, a wonderful, innovative way to entertain and and teach, right? At the same time, those teachable moments for young children. Okay, I'm told we need to go to our next break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to pull in Dr. Ruth Patterson, um, our pediatrician. We're going to talk more. I, I want to hear from all of you out there, listeners, who are dealing with this, what are you doing? How are you working on it? How is it working for you? And what kind of help or do you need or what kind of suggestion do you have for others? Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health, and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Dr. Courtney Walker. And now we're going to hopefully have Dr. Ruth Patterson in with us um, to, to talk a little bit more about COVID-19. How are you dealing with it at home? What kind of stressors are you feeling? Um, are you able to develop your own schedule and um, come up with some really realistic expectations um, for being at home with your with your with your family, maybe by yourself. And if you're by yourself, call call in and let's talk about how you're dealing with being at home and alone, um, but hopefully not lonely as we're stepping through this. So, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And I understand we now have Dr. Ruth Patterson on the phone. Hi, Dr. Ruth. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. You know, I was just, uh, I do want to um, remind our listeners, and you've probably looked at this yourself, it, there's the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, 
has a, a wonderful website full of information about COVID-19, as does the American Academy of Pediatrics. But we will post this on our um, Facebook page, um, Michelle. I would like to do that in my in my um, script that I wrote up today. I, I pasted in uh, talking to children about COVID-19. It's an article from the Center for Disease Control. It's quite good. And and I, I think everybody also has a website link to, to the CDC that, that we'll have posted. But I would encourage you to take a look at that. Um, but it talks in general, uh, talks specifically about kids, but it also talks in general about some of the questions that um, people have had about how to how to protect your your children. Um, Dr. Patterson, do you do you have any specific words of advice right now for parents? Yes, actually, um, and again, as you've mentioned, um, most of our references are from the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics. But one thing that they have said, you know, we talk among adults. Um, but we have to be well aware that our children are listening. So if we're anxious about what's going on, they're picking up on that anxiety as well. So I believe this particular website that you're talking about, they, they remind us, don't wait for the children to come to you. You should go to them and, and actually ask, uh, what concerns you? What have you heard about? Bring them into the conversation because that way you can deal a little bit more appropriately with their anxiety. Kind of keep the information simple and straightforward, but be honest with them. Be reassuring. You know, mom and dad are listening and keeping up and doing everything that they possibly can to keep you protected. And then engage the children in what they can do. You know, we all talk about that simple tactic of hand washing. We'll say, well, little Johnny, you know, that's what we're all doing. Show me and demonstrate and have little Johnny be responsible for doing that task himself. So, again, bring, appropriately bring our children into the conversation so that they can make them, so that we make them aware that we are concerned, the same as them, but that we address that anxiety as well. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a, a really, really good um, point that you're making. And, you know, that's very interesting. I have, as I think many of our listeners who listen regularly to this show know that I have um, 10 grandchildren. And, and so um, I'm always hearing stories, but I, one particular family that's been excessively affected is my daughter who is an emergency room physician at UMC. And um, she and I talked about her oldest child, who is nine, and, and talked about how important it is to sit down with her. And she did. She sat down with her daughter and said, life changed. Um, these are the things we're going to have to deal with. I'm going to have to depend on you uh, to help me um, a little more than usual, and this is why. And, you know, I need you to be my helper, B. And, um, but not to put too much burden on her, but let her understand why things have changed and how her, her life, that, that was pretty darn good, um, has, has changed a fair amount. 
Um, I want to get back to Dr. Walker, who has a comment. But before we do that, Dr. Walker, I want you to hear this, too. Um, Dr. Morgan McLeod, I think everybody knows her if you listen to uh, Southern Remedy. She's on um, Kids and Teens. And, and she, she just sent a text saying that um, a friend of hers posted something about how um, this whole situation has made her have a whole new view and feel the same way that her child may be feeling on a daily basis. Her child has autism spectrum disorder, and her child does not um, do well with change. And so Dr. McLeod's friend who has this child with autism is even even herself having a better understanding of what internally her child has been feeling with the difficulty and change every single day. For us, hopefully, um, our lives don't feel disrupted every time um, a minor change is made. But these have been some major changes. So maybe we'll have more empathy for our children who have difficulty with change or the adults that we work with who do have trouble um, with that. So um, I understand, Doctor, we lost Dr. Walker off the, uh, off the phone, but um, let me go back. She did have a comment that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, she says that she did want to say that the activity of identifying colors of flowers is a great mindfulness exercise as well. And what she means on, on that is that um, if you're working on talking about the colors of flowers and the colors in the rainbow, what is it doing? It's pulling you back to the center. It's pulling you back to the here and now, right at this moment. So instead of worrying about what's happening next, um, how many more people are going to get sick with the virus? Um, is anything bad going to happen to me today? You're pulling yourself in to think about the beauty of the flower, the beauty of a rainbow. Um, so that is what mindfulness is about, is pulling yourself back, um, thinking about this very moment, not everything else around you. And so her comment was that it works on building the brain and mental health all at the same time. And I think that's a fabulous point, isn't it, Dr. Patterson? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes um, being distracted a little bit from the events of the day is a good thing, and it's therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I have been somewhat guilty uh, of this, keeping um, CNN rolling all the time to kind of watch the numbers and watch what's going on and listen to Dr. Fauci and making sure I'm not um, missing anything. And I, I think that... Um, knowing there's only so much each of us as an individual can do to prevent bad things happening, what we need to do is step away and make sure that we're spending a little bit of time on just our mental health, our wellness, because 
I don't care what anybody says, and I don't care how tough you are. This is a time that even the most positive, and I'm a very positive person, even the most positive person can kind of get in the dumps about this and be a little bit terrified. And I mentioned this on um, coronavirus um, radio show one last week, and that was, Um, that it almost feels like we're in a science fiction movie right now. And um, what we have to remember, the good news is that we have some pretty amazing scientists out there. Just at UNC, our, our own internal developed test is there now. We can identify who has it and who doesn't much more quickly. Um, We know, how it's transmitted, pretty much. We know why we need to use these hand sanitizers and wipe things down. We know that the virus can live on objects. We know all this. So let's just keep being smart um, and working on on that. So step back from the news some. Um, reach out to a friend you haven't talked to in a long time. Um, Go for a nature walk. Do some of those things that can be um, be so enjoyable and help you so much. Okay, um, we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, um, we still have time for phone calls. I'd love for you to give us a call and let us know where you are with all this. Um, are you trying to be a little mindful and pull yourself back to the center? So you don't let yourself get too sad. Um, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Tell us too about maybe your concerns or maybe your additional thoughts about just what we've been talking about. When we come back, we'll also talk um, somewhat about the the safety of our family and and other ways that you can distract yourself. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Dr. Ruth Patterson and Michelle McAdoo, and we are talking through dealing with staying at home, um, sheltering in place, social distancing, or at least physical distancing, and some of the issues that it has caused at home. Um, so, um, Obviously, we know why we're doing what we're doing, and and I think that it's 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 one of those plans that has worked. 
and it's worked pretty well, right, Dr. Patterson? Absolutely. You know, we're working on the vaccine and we're working on medications that may be able to uh, treat COVID-19. But right now, uh, what we do know is the one thing that we can do to blunt the rapid increasing uh, spread of cases is that social distancing or at least physical distancing, as you've mentioned, so that we can avoid uh, spreading this virus from one person to the next. It's an important part of right. what every person in America can do. Right. So, you know, I think one thing that, that um, we wanted to cover uh, right now, just in the next couple of minutes, is uh, talking about what our healthcare community is doing to make sure that we're all meeting the medical needs of families. There have been a lot of new recommendations, sort of changes, about um, when you come in for a wellness check, um, we want to make sure that we don't drop the ball on other things, right, Dr. Patterson? Because there's been some concern that as we're so focused on COVID-19, that um, might we have an increased risk of missing some of those other issues that when people are taking good care of themselves and going for their checkups and all that, um, and, and their children are going in, that we make sure that that's what, why we call it preventive care, so that we don't, don't miss diabetes, that we don't miss a cardiac issue that's there, that we make sure that our children are growing well and we don't miss things, right? Absolutely. And it is a tricky balance because, of course, our immediate priority is that we do the most that we can to ameliorate uh, the spread of COVID-19. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we are addressing the needs. And as a pediatrician, you know, my focus is a little bit more on the children. And from two perspectives, number one, if you have a child who's had some type of chronic medical problem such as asthma, we want to make sure that families know that the healthcare providers are doing everything that we can to make sure that there's continued care for the family so that we don't add that stress to the family. So a lot of practices are going to, and it is not business as usual in most of the practices, but if you have a child with a chronic medical problem, pick up that phone, uh, call into the nurse line. If it's time for his regular follow-up, we may not do it in office, but there are lots of practices who that have now instituted telemedicine where we call and talk with the families and get an update on how the child is doing and then appropriately refill or change medications as needed. So that's what we're doing to try to uh, address chronic care needs in our families. The second side of that is our preventive medicine or wellness visits that we typically do. Now, of course, the balance is not to bring those kids into their office and expose, to, and expose them unnecessarily to anything that's potentially infectious. But at the same time, we don't want to be a year down the road and we've not addressed the needs of the kids, or we've not updated immunizations uh, as appropriate, and suddenly we have whooping cough again in the community, or we have a rise in right. chicken pox. So again, most of the practices 
have, um, per recommendations by the AAP, we are still doing some wellness visits, particularly in the young children that come with immunizations. So we're looking at their growth. We're looking at their development. We're making sure that we update their immunizations as appropriate. And what a lot of the practices have done, they're doing these wellness visits separate from any sick visits that the children um, come in for. So, again, we're trying to meet the needs on both ends. Yes. Right. Right. I know several practices are seeing wellness checks um, in the morning or only in the afternoon and then sick visits, um, vice versa. So, I I think that's been an innovative way. Like you said, thanks to our legislature for quickly moving on uh, approving all of the the distanced uh, health, the telehealth, um, teledoc, all kinds of different telehealth um, uh, approval that are going on. I know um, most of our providers at UNC now are doing telehealth care and so to remember that 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 way if you have a question and you're not sure that you need to cancel your appointment or or be seen you can be seen and now with your smartphone device it's pretty awesome that we have been able to stand up this capability so quickly and I will tell you, um, UMC has one of the two centers of excellence in telehealth in the country. And so um, we, we are very lucky to have that. So I would encourage all of our listeners um, to take advantage. Um, I know many other practices outside of UMC are also using it. So uh, stay tuned. Check with your own uh, medical provider and make sure that you reach out if you have any questions because I think they're all trying very hard to serve your needs. Um, the other thing that I before we we close on this, I want to make sure that everyone realizes that during this time and and these changes, um, we need to not be so hard on ourselves. I find I found myself even doing that yesterday, going, what in the world did I accomplish today? I was on WebEx conference all day. Um, I felt like that I never got anything resolved. You know what? I had to tell myself last night, it's okay. It's really okay that we are not as productive. And I also would encourage all of you, if you are feeling stressed and someone at home or at work or someone outside of home or work is putting a little pressure on you to do something and you're starting to to feel like maybe you're about to blow a gasket, just say, I can't address that right now. I'm going to have to have some me time and go take a walk. Go take a walk, go take a nice long bath, go do something for yourself. It is okay not to be as productive as you normally are. So remember that as you're moving through. The most important thing now, right right now, is to keep yourself, your family safe. The most important thing right now is for us all to protect our neighbors, and each other from um, 
getting this coronavirus, there's still going to be people who do all the right stuff and still get it. So what we need to do is work hard, and that's been the goal of this whole CDC National Institute of Health plan, is to diminish the number of people who get coronavirus so our health care system can handle it. So what we can do is stay well, stay mentally well, remember to take care of yourself, step away when you need to. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.